0: It's ridiculous. All right. What do I call you on the pod? I'm sorry. Uh, you can call me Colin or Hashi. Either or. Hash, Colin or Hashi. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to go by the uh, the Zoom name or not. I mean, in my head, you're Nolan. Ah. Because uh, on Twitter, you were Nolan Void. And then I called you that all weekend long. <laughs> Uh regardless of what you introduced yourself to me as in Miami. That's true. And then uh, yeah, and what you whatever whatever you exist as in my phone, whatever name that is, that is your name in my head. That is that has supplanted whatever your parents wanted to name you. That's acceptable. Whatever your uh, government name is, etc. All right, let me get this yeah, bad boy going. Now
1: back at you. Do you do you prefer
0: Will or Christy? Doesn't matter. Call me both. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we boy got boy. over
1: here. We got Rob, AKA Arliss. What's up, Rob?
2: Nice That's to meet me. you. Man. What's up. Good to meet you too, man.
1: You guys uh, are like, uh, I feel like you're opposite sides of the same coin.
2: Oh, cause we're white with beards.
1: How'd you know? You know exactly where I was going man. with that. Um, it, yeah. Bearded white man.
0: uh, um, white Whiteman. <laughs> white men. Uh, feels yes. Very off the, off derogatory. White tribe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. uh, Of the caucus mountain range? I
1: don't know. In listening to Jort Center um, in the last couple episodes, I, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. You guys both are politically um, and and, um, savvy of the current events. Uh, um, You filter them through a satirical and witty, uh, uh, um, you know, filter okay Keep i'm here and, for and, this man and, this is great oh, yeah. and you can see so you guys <laughs> both kind of have they live glasses on you know what i mean oh hell yeah like you're kind of you're living in a world that is full of people that are clearly of a different race
2: i just want to let you know i still have bubble gum though <laughs> to chew i'm just hey. i'm a lover not a fighter
0: hey i got some gum I do feel like – I appreciate the compliment, first of all. Thank you very much. Uh, That was nice uh, of you to say. That was Um, nice. And, yeah, I do feel like one of my – I feel like everybody kind of has their own – You know, like if you were an X-Men, what would your hidden – like what would your mutant power be? You know what I mean? And I I, I definitely feel like one of mine is sizing people up. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character. Uh, which has, for the most part, helped me a lot in life. You know, has helped me steer clear and avoid uh, folks that turns out at, at some point in time I've been vindicated by my initial impression of them. Uh, and that doesn't mean that I, you know, uh, uh, am an asshole to them or anything. It's just like, okay, I, I kind of I feel like I, I get your vibe already, and I'm gonna s- steer clear or. Yeah. I like this person. I think they're, they've got a good head on their shoulders and I'm going to, I'm going to hitch my wagon to this person's, uh, you know, just, just, you know, I, I feel like they're, they're, a, they're a solid dude or dudette or, you know, non-binary, et cetera. um, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like dude feel is like, non-binary. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I feel like know. that
2: too. I get pushback on that, though. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I. You're you're right. You're right. I, I was trying to be a little uh, overly PC there, but uh, yeah, I, so I, I've, I've uh, dudes. Uh, no matter your uh, Yo, preferred dude. She's a yeah. dude. We're all dudes. Fuck. What's that I from? Again? That movie, uh, Good, Good burger. burger. Thank you. I, just I showed again. that to my uh, kids a few years ago and they loved it oh. way more than I expected them to.
2: Oh, I'm it, so jealous. I want to see a young person's reaction to that. So it,
0: it was pretty <laughs> hilarious. They almost didn't know like how to handle it, but it's still, it has this timeless stupidity to it. Yeah. that. Translates well into the kind of the YouTube generation of growing up on streamers and like these yeah. like like silly editing and sound effects and and all you know that that kind of vibe mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of kids gravitate towards and they they were doing that in Good Burger you know 25 years ago at right. this point so
2: and there's a through line Keenan's still on SNL yes, so it's yeah, like that's you true. know that's you kind of know who that is like absolutely it, that's a very good point my all right. microphone.
1: Unacceptable. Uh I'll just call you uh, what should I call you? Hmm.
2: Peak. Peaky Blinders.
1: I hate that show. Pikachu. I've
2: never seen it actually. I Pikachu. It. Ooh, Pikachu. That's good.
1: That Pikachu is <laughs> the one that I was looking for, you bastard. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go into the intro real quick. That'll be a good okay. cold cold uh cold open. All right. Um <clears throat> I'll throw the I don't have my soundboard or anything online yet. I'm not, you know, quite professional, so I don't have my not like Ron. Vaughn's all professional, just making me step the game up. Uh, all right. Shout out to uh, Outsider Social. Media. Listeners, welcome to the Nostalgia Pit, a podcast aiming to dissect pop culture, the subconscious, and other psychological phenomenon through a hyperbolic and prismatic lens. Hosted by Rob Snow and Colin Cassard, the Nostalgia Pit is available anywhere you find your podcast. Today we have the wondrous opportunity to sit down with the Sultan of Jean Shorts, aka the Dawn of Denim. Christy Yamaguchi-Maine himself. <laughs> Co-host of the Jorts Center podcast and creator of the Freebird Rule, Christy is a celebrity throughout the bowels of the internet for his quick-witted humor, kind heart, and immensely talented yet unabashed musical prowess. Artist behind Pirate Radio, the temporary theme song of the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz, providing the soundtrack as they walk the plank of ESPN diving into autonomy. You can find Christy on Twitter at Waple House, that's W-A-P-P-L-E House. And all the links to his pages will be in the
0: info of this episode as well to Jort's Center. So we would like to welcome Christy in. What's up? What up? Hey, thank you so much for having me. That was a fantastic... That's the most prestigious I've ever been made out to be. <laughs> I had so to feel thank good. you so much. And I do appreciate you specifying the bowels of the internet. Yeah, uh, of course. There's no, um, you know, there's no... What's the word? It's it's like uh, it's like the and, and there's nothing wrong with this. Uh, I'm not throwing shade, but it's like you know there's like the Ivy League. You yep. know your, your blue <laughs> check marks that like write for well-established publications, and then there's people yeah. that are just shit posting on Twitter. Yeah, you and know, then there's it's
2: the like co- the community college level.
0: Well, no, I wasn't even going to go community college. I was going to like oh, I'm okay. getting I, I'm getting my GED. At the at the, you know at the nighttime school go. for adults that uh you know made horrible mistakes when they were nineteen years old so uh that's that's where I reside on the internet
1: that's good I love it I
0: love it <laughs> we were talking about the pirate radio song
1: when when you first got in here before we started recording um mm-hmm. how did that come about do you have you t- I don't I apologize if you've told the story on George Center or anywhere else but oh
0: no worries I've been curious uh so. The I don't even remember what I guess it was the beginning of 2021 when they finally decided to leave ESPN or at the end of 2020 when uh, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with this whole universe but Dan Lebitard had an employee named Chris Cody Chris Cody got cut uh, got fired laid off whatever you want to call it in a round of layoffs at ESPN um, because all of these you know. Think fast, break stuff, you know, companies, you know, media companies, tech companies and shit. It doesn't matter if you're a legacy company like ESPN or your Google or your whatever company, you innovate, you do all this shit, you increase profits uh, endlessly. There's no Mm -hmm. end game in sight. It's just part of the capitalist machine. And then the disrupt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the word disrupt the moment the stock price sinks 10 cent they do a round of layoffs why Mm -hmm. because they innovate in all sorts of ways going up but there's only one way that they innovate the other way which is just to fire everybody and you know ruin people's livelihoods and make them lose health insurance so anyway chris cody gets laid off Uh, Dan decides he's had enough of this horse shit. So he decides he's going to, uh, ask for a buyout. And there was this weird in-between period where they hadn't figured out where their next home was going to be, but they were going to continue making shows. Uh, you know, they were going to keep coming into work every day. They got control of their podcast feeds. Um, so after they did that, I, I remember I was just, so at the beginning of 2021, I don't know if you remember that, and I wasn't even on TikTok then. But that uh, sea shanty that went viral mm, on TikTok, yeah. the was the moon? Du,
2: du, 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 yeah, 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 the
0: the sugar and rum or some shit mm, like that's that. That's what it is. It like suddenly the internet was obsessed with sea shanties. Yeah, huh. and they kept calling the show Pirate Radio. So I, you know, kept referring to it as such because they were no longer with ESPN yet. They weren't like, they didn't have like an official company yet. They were just putting podcasts out the same way you do the same way I do, et cetera. And, uh, and so I just, I detail cars for a living, um, uh, and do weddings on the weekends. I kind of have two gigs. And so I was just cleaning a car and just came up with the lyrics one day at work, (laughs) uh, came up, came up with all the verses, uh, came home, Plugged my uh, little microphone into the bottom of my iPhone uh, and sang into the mic and then uh, did all of the garage band stuff on my phone and just created that song. So uh, (laughs) it's just me singing it one time. Uh, Actually, I think I doubled the vocals on a couple of places, and that's just me singing along with myself and then added a couple of effects, a little bit of reverb, added the fake snare drum. Uh, behind it, and that's it. I it, I was done with it in about forty five minutes, maybe. That's um, awesome. Yeah, just saying each section at a time. You know, did a take for each verse, and then copied the chorus over and over again. So you can you can create some wild shit on a on a little iPhone Garage Band yeah, app. Isn't it's, that it's wild? Pretty nuts. It's pretty bonkers. So yeah. did
2: you like send it to him at like what What was your what were your thoughts when you sent it to him?
0: So, uh, this was, you know, I had done a like parody song or two, I think at the time, I think I did the, uh, I did a, when the dolphins were about to draft Tua, I did a, just the two of us, um, oh, yeah. parody nice. and <laughs> I had done, I forget what else I had done. I think I did, uh, like a boys demand parody about why they'd let Chris Cody go. Uh, to End of the Road. And, uh, and so Amazing. I had already... Uh, along with that, I, I kind of had an inroad because of Lower After Hours, the podcast that kind of the fan cast about Levitard Show. Oh, okay. So uh, we had already been sending audio and we'd had chris cody on the show mike ryan had joined us like billy uh you know a, a lot of the roy had joined us basically on the whole shipping center container. or on uh, no old Lauer, after oh, yeah, old Lauer after hours oh uh, yeah lower after hours and so uh because of that you know those guys had followed me on twitter and i just shot chris a dm and said hey man i don't know if you can use this or not I don't know why I made this. This is just (laughs) like, I had something in my head. Sea shanties are popular. Y'all are calling yourselves pirate radio. There you go. Do something with this or don't, I don't give a shit. I just had to get it out of my system. You know, like when when I have something that I have to get out of my head, I have to get it out and I don't care what happens to it after that. I truly don't. So I just, you know, uh, emailed it to Chris Cody with the attachment and didn't hear anything from him. And then like, uh, like four days later, he said, I think I, I think I'm going to get it played for you. And then that Monday, it opened the show Ooh, uh, on, the, on the, the local hour. And then it kept opening the show. And I was like, what the fuck? And like, be- like before <laughs> I knew it, like five months in, six months in, they were still playing this thing. Uh, And then eventually there was enough feedback of like, Mike, I swear to God, if you play that song one more time, I will come to the <laughs> Clevelander and burn your... S- Fucking ass to the ground. Sorry, I don't mean to. Like, I, we can curse on here, right? Oh, of course. No.
2: Okay, oh, thanks. wait. More curse I, I don't know what, know what kind of
0: uh, FCC regulations we should have,
2: have a production meeting outside of this interview. But okay, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not.
0: I'm not, I'm not not okay okay with that. that. This is a Christian Minecraft server. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: so, uh, so he, he tells me like it it keeps opening and then people, uh, keep telling me they either love it or they hate it. And Mike was like, Hey, I like, I, I saw him respond to some tweet about it and he's like, yeah, it might not last very much longer. And so I DM'd Mike and I was like, Hey man, I can chop this up for you. If you need something, I, so I just made like five or four different versions of it just with one verse piece, oh, And yeah, yeah. then he played like a shortened version. You know, it's like the long stat of the day uh, <laughs> yeah. versus the short, you know, uh, jingle for the stat of the day. So anyway, oh, man, that's awesome. All of that to say, that's how that came about.
1: Hell yeah. That's so dope. That's a. Uh, I was wondering about that. I didn't even know that that was you. The, so my story of learning who you are is because I had Yeti on here. And uh, Yeti mentioned your name, and I was like, "Okay, well, he's talking about this person. Like, I need to follow them on Twitter." <laughs> and so that I, I was like, "I'm going to look this person up." So I looked you up, and I was like, "All right, it's good. It's
0: good." Twitter follow. Hell yeah, I absolutely adore Yeti. He's a uh, he's a fantastic dude. Another Carolina boy. Yeah, he's he's a good human being. I honestly,
1: maybe it's because of the uh, you know the zaja from earlier, but uh, I'm blanking on how I in touch with him it was just a very random uh uh
2: senor blanco
1: senor uh yetito yetito
0: he uh he really like he really called his shot by get like basically he was just a fan making parody songs mm-hmm. he uh when after hour after hours started he had joined us quite a bit but yeti is uh he's he's particular that's the word i'm looking for as far as his creative control goes so he started along with andrew streeter another streeter's amazing parody writer for the song streeter's incredible uh they started uh yes maybe no Mm -hmm. and uh uh he just reached out to chris cody and was like hey man does greg need a producer for his show uh I would love to uh interview for the job and Chris like I think it was uh a relief for Chris to, to have somebody reach out wanting to do this because his dad is a handful. If you've ever listened to the Levitar show, uh, with Greg Cody on Tuesdays, you know, how much of a handful Greg can be. So I think it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's putting it lightly. And so it was, uh, it was a great, it, it was a great, uh, uh, chance for Yeti to get his foot in the door with that whole crowd. And he's done an incredible job with that show. And yeah, he's just a wonderful human being.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm very pumped that I interviewed him because that led to uh, me, you know, talking to Jeremy Taché on the internet, talking to you, you know, a bunch of people. Jeremy's,
0: have- you should have Jeremy on here too. Uh, he's, He's. Yeah. Uh, I know he's, you know, Like a- every other week I feel like Jeremy's got some new uh, multimedia duty to do, like he's got like a, a new... Well, that- Show or something like that. For some well, that's network. my fear
1: is he's just going to break one of these days. He's just going just <laughs> to, yeah, be broken, yeah, 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 yeah into uh, a million particles, and it's yep. just yeah. He's uh, yeah, but
2: then he would disperse across the land, and everyone could benefit from his magic. Yeah, he becomes so like that's it's okay. like a
0: singularity. He becomes yeah. one with the uh, sports internet, <laughs> you know, media. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the
1: the Lauer After Hours pod. Was that? Um, that, that was just an idea of a bunch of the fans. Or have, are you one of the founding members? Because I came into to Lebatard, I'd say, a little bit later, probably, like, I'd say right as they were making that shift, you know what I mean? But okay. I, had, I was not a part of Twitter or, or anywhere adjacent to the fan base online. Didn't know anything about it for a long time. So,
0: so uh, I... Basically started, uh, I joined Twitter because there's another show that I listen to pretty religiously, uh, called the Daily Zeitgeist. Um, it is kind of a daily news show and it was, it's one of the hosts, Jack O'Brien. I don't know if either of you guys ever read Cracked. Dot com back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Um so Jack started crack.com. Oh
2: he, yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: are you familiar with him? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He he used to host their podcast, the Cracked Podcast as well. um And crack like Jack uh had such an eye for talent. Um uh Daniel O'Brien, Michael Swain, Jason mm-hmm. Pargin, uh Robert Evans uh from behind the bastards, like Jack basically hired all of these incredible comedy writers that kind of shaped the following decade or so on like on on internet comedy writing Mm -hmm. uh, and websites and stuff and he has had such an eye for it i kind of viewed jack in the same ballpark as like you know, John Stewart with The Daily Show and all the amazing comedy talent that came out of there, or like Michael, you know, our uh, Lauren Michaels from SNL and all the, you know, obviously SNL's pedigree speaks for itself. But Jack, like, he has such an eye for talent. And so after cracked.com got sold and he left, he joined iHeart uh, for their comedy podcast division, started the Daily Zeitgeist. I started listening to it. I followed him over there. And every day they do AKAs. So he introduces himself. My name is Jack O'Brien, AKA, mm. you know, uh, something, you know, whatever, whatever oh, somebody has submitted. So I started submitting AKAs because part of um, my unique brand of the way my brain works, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, is that I can't not sing alternate lyrics to songs. Uh, yeah. I can't not sing parody songs all the time. Non-stop. The it. Yeah. It's, is I'm, it, I'm, is I'm, it a
2: blessing and a curse? or Yes, only a very blessing. much so.
0: Like it's, I, yeah, I feel I like it, I genuinely feel like it is diagnosable. Okay. Yeah, like like you I, could I don't be going insane a little bit. hundred percent. I don't know <laughs> technically what is happening there but something is without question so uh i started submitting aka's to uh the other co-hosts miles gray and jack o'brien every day and i became the guy like the (laughs) aka AKA guy. guy That's and awesome. so every day they were shouting out my Twitter handle, which like started picking me up followers. And uh, I just kept submitting them, kept submitting them. Eventually they had me on as a guest. And uh, this is a pretty big show. Like it is, you know, it's like one of iHeart media uh, media's like flagship comedy shows. Yeah. Uh, and so I got to guest on there. Eventually I've, I've met the guys before. They're incredibly kind, kind guys. Um, and so Uh, that was my original kind of reason for being on Twitter. And then from there I was just like, Oh, this is a funny thought. I'll tweet that. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Um, and we're all doing all of this for attention, right? Like that's, that's the, when you boil it all down, it's like, everybody likes, Having somebody laugh at your joke or pat yeah, you Yeah, and the I just back. didn't get
2: enough validation as a child. Exactly. I mean, exactly. exactly. My parents. We're, yeah.
0: we're, we're all, it, d- deep down, we're all seven-year-olds yearning yeah. for our parents' attention, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Uh, so, uh, so while I was on Twitter, I had, uh, you know, I followed Levitard Show and some other fans uh, of the show. And uh, one of, uh, a couple of those fans reached out to me and added me to a group chat because they knew I was a big Levitard Show fan as well. They had seen me reply to, to tweets from the show and stuff. And so I got thrown into this group chat. And then when the pandemic hit, they were like, well, let's, you know, everybody was Zooming. That was the thing to do was to, yeah. to, to Zoom with each other. Yeah. And so uh, I joined a Zoom one night uh, with my phone on a little tripod and, uh, and zoomed with them. And then before we knew it, uh, Izzy Gutierrez, uh, joined one of our zooms and then we recorded one of them. And because I, and I told you before, I'm a wedding officiant, mm-hmm. uh, on the weekends, I do about 30, 40 weddings a year it's, uh, professionally, but it, it's kind of my side gig. Mm. And so I, I'm, I like to think that I'm pretty good on the, you know, on the mic, just talking, uh, you know, mm-hmm. pretty now comfortable you can with You
1: think it. that, I mean. <laughs> and,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I kind of like steered the ship, you know, I, I kind of like was steered the interviews we had with Izzy. I mean, and then, uh, before we knew it, Chris Cody was joining us and then other members of the shipping container and so on and so <laughs> forth. And we just kept like, when somebody got us, you know, somebody signed up for a free podcast feed. And then, uh, you know, then we, we, you know, we ended up having Mina Kimes on, Mike Golick Jr., uh, Katie Nolan, Sarah Spain. Uh, you know, we kept uh, Tony Collins joined us. Uh, like, like we got a lot of big names on the show eventually, and it was it was a blast doing it. Pablo joined us one time, uh, so. Uh, it, it's just, it was a blast doing it. And we just kept, kept rolling with it. And eventually Blue Wire Pods asked us about joining their network, which we did. Uh, and uh, there you go. That's, that's it. It was just kind of a snowball effect. And, and like everybody else, you either did a sourdough starter, you started planting plants, or you <laughs> created a podcast during yeah. the, you know, yep. uh, early days of the pandemic. So yep. that was that.
1: Or quilting. Or quilting. Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. Yeah, I have a friend who uh, about arts and crafts.
1: I have a friend; she's a tattoo <laughs> artist. But uh, shout out to Kayla. What's up, Kayla? She makes quilt hoodies and shit now, and that oh, shit's yeah. boss. I, that's I got, cool as fuck. I got a okay, custom made one. I did not know one. that. I got a custom made one for Selena for uh, for <laughs> Christmas. I was like, I need these colors. Make me a make me a hoodie. Got the measurements. That,
2: that's killer. I love that's that. A really dope idea. I yeah,
1: it really is. It really yep. is. So quilt hoods.
2: Hell yeah. So. As far as like your Jorts cohorts, mm-hmm. uh, how did you meet those guys?
0: Co-Jorts. So those dudes, one of the guys I've known since sixth grade, that would be Josh. Oh, um, okay. Uh, and the another one I've known since I was probably like 18 or 19. We worked, worked at uh, Walden Books together. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, mall, <laughs> Walden time Books. Go, At the mall, yeah. Amazing. We, we, we met there originally, and I think I wore a Mastodon hoodie to work And he was like, that's a cool hoodie. And he started talking my ear off about metal. And uh, it just progressed from there. I've always played in bands, including metal bands and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was that connection. Uh, And then the other two guys, uh, I met through mutual friends a long time ago, around the same time, probably when I was like 18, 19 years old. Um, And I've played in bands with them. So I've known those guys for, uh, you know, 17, 18 years now. Damn. So we we're just all long time friends. Uh, that explains all. the chemistry, because I yes. mean, there's yeah, like yeah. you guys are fun. When yeah. you
2: listen, that's the undeniable part of it. It's just like this camaraderie and like giving each other shit.
0: Yes, it's, yeah, that's what it's supposed to feel like. So so our our kind of like go to dive around here is a place called Reggie's Forty Second Street Tavern. And that's where we play all of our shows and the vibe, the kind of internal mission statement of that podcast is like, we want it to feel like we're hanging out on the back porch of Reggie's. Oh, totally, man. That's,
2: that comes across. I've never been to Reggie's,
0: but yeah, but you know, just that description alone, (laughs) you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's It's like, Oh, I've been to Reggie's.
0: So that's, that's the vibe (laughs) is like, that's why, that's why we kind of, we don't have like an intro or anything. We just kind of like fade in and out with the music Mm -hmm. breaks And we just want it to feel like a kind of like a stream of conscious conversation that fades in and fades out. You're just kind of like overhearing it. Yeah, Um, totally. You know, you're just kind of eavesdropping or just like hanging out in the circle talking. So that's kind of the vibe with that. A lot of people think it has something to do with sports because of the dumbass name that we went with, but uh, it does not. We we talk so little sports. And when we do, it's usually me just making fun of how little everybody knows about sports. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm the expert in sports on that show mm. which is horrible which is a terrible <laughs> sign if okay. i'm the guy that knows the most about it
2: yeah i was expecting more sports just because of the circles you know what i mean that, yeah. That, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, and then but like all. nah, it was about joker's pregnancy and like
0: <laughs> i was like listen, oh, okay. yeah yeah Joker. that was uh, that was a weird <laughs> episode that we recorded the other day uh <laughs> yeah. we, we've had lots of like that one i think we were I think I was in like in the midst of finishing up with COVID or something. Oh yeah, like that. That was a that was a hail mary. Like I think my voice can get through this. Let's try to record something to get yeah. something out this week. But I really yeah, kicked
2: your ass, huh?
0: We're, we're over 104, 105 episodes deep now, and that. <laughs> doesn't include the patreon episodes we've done or like uh, what we call daisy dukes which are like little spur of <laughs> the moment uh, uh like shorter dumb. much shorter episodes yeah, uh we, we, got, we got yeah we got the jorts regular episodes and then the daisy dukes whenever the mood strikes but yeah it's been it's been pretty fun it, it's it's been good seeing those guys at least once a week you know even yeah. if it's not in person. Uh, you know, me and Dan and Vic are still all here in Wilmington, but Josh lives up in Charlotte, and Ryan uh, is up in Maryland. So uh, you know, it's it's been a it's been a great way to keep in contact with it. And yeah, I do think the chem. You're right though. Like I think the chemistry is fantastic on that show, and and you know, I I do think it it uh, it shines through. Definitely. Yeah. No,
2: it totally does. Yeah. You That's get the vibe. To yeah, I will say, like, doing a podcast or like any kind of show is such a great way to maintain friendships yeah. as an adult because it's like, I don't know, there's so many times where I'm like, man, I'd love to see this person, but I'm not just going to be like, hey, you want to just come over and, <laughs> yeah, for, and for no talk. reason and just <laughs> exactly. talk? For we cuddle or something? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: man, it's I'm, weird, man. You got to have a reason. Exactly. I'm exhausted when I get home from work every day. Like I'm tired. Like I have people, you know, Hey, we're going to go out and and get dinner tonight. And I'm like, it's a fucking Wednesday. Are you out (laughs) of your mind? Like it is, it's the, you know, like it's, it's hard for me to comprehend wanting to do something besides, you know, go home. I, as soon as I get off work, I go to the gym i i get done with that i've already been on my feet for eight nine hours at at that point so like i'm ready to go home put on my my house crocs uh Mm -hmm. you know that you know got the extra foam in them and just (laughs) that is it you know like that is all i want to do in the evenings.
2: yeah especially if there is no fucking purpose like yes exactly exactly just chilling
0: man Uh, i i I, I want to chill by
2: myself with exactly
0: I I love spending time with my wife. Yes. Uh, so that's who I want to chill and do nothing with. You know. Same.
2: I got my cats and my wife. I don't need yeah, nobody else unless exactly. we're doing something together. You know yeah.
0: I mean? yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How's the puppy treating you though? Yeah. That puppy's uh, pretty fucking cute. Puppy's great. Daisy is fantastic. Um, we just got her DNA results back, and she's I think I think it said thirty four percent Australian cattle dog. Eighteen percent boxer. She's got, uh, I think, some kind of hound, a couple of like tree walking coon hound or something like that in her. Uh, she's that's got a great dog in Like it's it's uh it's that's a hundred
2: percent cute dog. Pretty much it, it is
0: like. exactly exactly. She looks like a pound puppy. Like she looks like a cartoon <laughs> drawing of a dog. It looks uh, a little wish, it's,
2: like wishbone
3: almost.
1: Yeah
0: yeah yeah. She's got it's <laughs> it's like. It's absurd and she was the last one of her litter too. That's another thing is like she uh all the other dogs got adopted and she was the last one and my wife found out and drove down to uh, North Myrtle beach, uh, mm-hmm. randomly. Like to, she was like, she's like, this is the last one. I'm like, go get it, go get it right now. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to, I don't want you to hem and haul. Like I, I had already made up my mind. I was like, I'm going to be fine with it no matter what. So like sometimes she needs like a, a push, a pep talk. And I was like, get in the car, start driving, put on a podcast. <laughs> and then like, I got a little, you know, by an hour and a half later, I got a picture of her holding Daisy. Ah, and like, Hell man. yeah. All right. That's
2: awesome.
0: So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I, I love, love animals. I've adopted Me way too, too man. many over the years. Um, uh, basically we find kittens year round at the car dealership I work at because oh, of it's a big parking lot in the back. And so I have adopted so many kittens <laughs> over the years. Uh, I have one, I have a cat named Axel because I went to clean a car and I threw the hood up and like, I still remember my reaction to this day because of how absurd it was. I threw the hood up and like screamed because this little <laughs> head popped up at me. I was oh, just shit. like not, I was just like shocked to see another, like a pair of eyes staring back at me. <laughs> and like, and then I just dropped the hood. And like, I, then I started laughing at myself about like, yeah. well, it was a fucking kitten, man. Like, what? like <laughs> how you're going to be terrible in an emergency situation. If that's how you react to a kitten. Yeah. Uh, so I, I dropped the hood and then uh, this kitten had been riding around, like on top of the axle of (laughs) this, like, I think it was like a Nissan Altima or something like that. So I called one of the technicians and, uh, we went, we put it on his lift and like got up on underneath there and like pulled this kitten out. That was livid with me. Uh, just like freaking out and took it home and she's in the living room right now. Ah, uh, That's beautiful, man. Living her best life. That's crazy. She was one like, of my this cats. Is my
1: warm space. What are you yeah, doing? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. She right? did not yeah, want to yeah. be
0: bothered
2: at all. No, I bet not. not She's like, not I made my, my home. God yeah, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. One of my cats was. Uh, we were like thinking about adopting a cat, but we couldn't really land on anything, and we wanted to get a black cat because we had heard that they're I less likely to get adopted.
0: That's fucking great. Yeah.
2: And that, <laughs> that might be like outdated information. People might actually be clamoring for black cats now. I don't know.
0: I've thought but, about uh, that recently too. Like whether that, that still held true that they were yeah. the least adopted cats.
2: I feel like that was true at one point and then it got like popularized and now right. it's not true anymore.
0: Right, people, but, people uh, realize how stupid it is.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so randomly uh, a friend hits us up and they're like, hey, we found this kitten on the side of the road by a garbage can And, like, would any of our friends want a cat? And we were like, fuck, yeah. And he's, like, a fucking blessing. He's, like, everything that our other cat wasn't (laughs) that we wanted. Like, he gets on our shoulder and, like.
0: See, that's, that's, man, the the ones that get, like, uh, plucked from the outdoors and given a home, they're so appreciative of it. For
2: real. Oh, yeah. Sure seems like it.
0: Pearl uh, is this little black cat that uh, there's this, like, place that we go Kind of antique shopping at, and she was sitting in a basket up front. The, this, they had found a litter of kittens out back, and, uh, this little black kitten was up there, and Tammy brought it home, and she lived under my beard for weeks. (laughs) Um, and to this day, now she's a big, full grown cat. She, (laughs) <laughs> cries to me until i come over to her and she she she'll like be on the table and she'll put two paws up like on either side of, on either of my shoulders and try and get under my beard and then i scoop <laughs> her up and like hold her like a baby and she oh just nuzzles God. under my beard the entire time she loves it uh, it's 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 the best man like That's she's awesome. such a sweetheart such a sweetheart love
1: the kitties Talking about uh that that's a good I had a question that I re- wrote down that I wanted to ask you. What's the craziest shit you've seen detailing cars? Craziest shit I mean animal under the axle or on the axle is pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty cool. I saw I saw you had a post where there's like
0: the plant growing out of the fucking
3: back
1: <laughs> yeah. seat. Y- okay, so that day.
0: was that was not my photo. Okay. Uh that was a Twitter experiment of mine. Uh, so I have a couple of alt accounts, uh, yeah. like backup accounts. One of them is dedicated to vehicle. It's like, it's called, uh, you know how some people call their car a beater? You you're familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I've, it's ass underscore beaters on Twitter um and yeah. it's it's like the and then the display name is rides that'll beat your ass like I don't know why just because like all of a sudden there was all these accounts that's like shirts that'll go shirts that go harder animals going goblin mode or yeah, to, you yeah. know toilets with threatening auras and shit and so like I just it just made it you know cars rides that'll, that'll beat your yeah ass. rides that'll beat your ass so I just like post funny anything to do with vehicles like fuck you know messed up looking cars or videos of cars doing crazy shit and And so recently, I don't know how in the Twitter weeds this is to your listeners, so I apologize if this is boring, but there's been this trend of all these viral posts with spaces links in the post itself. So there will be Uh like a caption of some sort, and then there'll be a spaces link, and then there will be the image of what is actually going viral. And about six or seven months ago, there was this trend of this happening on Twitter where Somehow somebody realized that Twitter's algorithm prioritizes mm-hmm. these spaces links in mm-hmm. other people's feeds that don't follow you. So it's like, it's like it's recommended to all of these ah, people outside of your timeline. Clever. Right. Clever. Right. So this exploit got found out, uh, about six or seven months ago, but then all these accounts that were doing it got banned like Twitter before Elon took over, they you know they had a much heavier hand with the banning. Obviously, since right. Elon opened, because the, there was
2: actual moderation. Of exactly, the, the
0: fucking <laughs> floodgates to all the Nazis back on Twitter. Um, yeah. So now that Elon is is at the head of it, people are using this exploit again. And I was like, I wonder how well this actually works. So I posted that picture of the little stem growing from the backseat of the car on my account which has about like 15,000 followers, 16,000 followers. And then the rides account, which has about 33, 34,000 followers on my account. I use the spaces link. And last time I checked, it had like over 220,000 likes on it. God damn. The, the other account, the one that has more followers, three or 400 likes. Nope. So that spaces there link is doing something. It's attracting some kind of bot network that these people are paying for and like these bots are trained on these spaces links they're they're attached like i guess they're training them on certain accounts like i don't i don't know if it's like to build follow i don't know what exactly the the payoff is you know like it's like every kind of exploit usually has some kind of money making scheme behind it i just don't know what that money making scheme is and i just wanted to see if it worked or not So that's the story behind that. It's just a a little science experiment. Uh, You know,
2: uh, on that, actually, if you don't mind, I would like to know uh, what changes you've personally noticed since you're on Twitter like that. Yeah. uh, What changes have you noticed about the the difference between pre and post Elon, if any? Or has your experience pretty much been the same?
0: Honestly, like, he's just... The changes are basically just like him adding that view count Mm. to each tweet, you know, which before the only people that could see that were the people who published the tweet. Then you click the little graph icon and Mm. you could see your actual engagement versus the number of people that came across your, your post, right? Making that public for everybody, I feel like he was trying to make it more... Appealing to advertisers because that was a huge thing. Is like all these advertisers are like, "Yo, until so you have some guidelines as far as moderation goes, we're pulling out our uh, our our advertising with you." Right. So he lost all of this revenue immediately. Then he adds this view count, trying to prove to the advertisers that. Look how many, even if they're not engaging with your post, because it's a Buick ad who gives a shit about a Buick (laughs) ad. I'm not going to, I'm not going to interact with that shit. Uh, but it's evidence of it coming across somebody's timeline. Right. Right. All it really did was show how piss poor the engagement is on Twitter, like for everybody, you know, like, like I have, uh, you know, I'll have tweets that are like seen by like millions of people, millions and millions of people, (laughs) but, have and the like en- engagement you know, is like nothing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fraction of a fraction, you know? So it's just like, man, you really you really proved how shitty this is of an engagement, you know, of like like, you know, attracting organic engagement. And but right. like with most things, he doesn't know what he's doing. He nah. just you know, he just hires people that do and they just, you know, keep it from running off the rails until the stock price goes up and he can pat himself on the yeah. back. And you know, make himself feel like a fucking genius, even though he's not. So not a yeah, big fan just of Elon pretty much uh, <laughs> throws
2: money at it yeah, until it works. It. And that's if it, it doesn't, he finds something else to and do. And his
0: dumbass <laughs> thought, like, it's this funny thing that happened with him buying Twitter. I kept saying, I kept insisting, this is not a real offer to buy this website. It's not a real offer. He's doing it as a joke and he's going to back out. And while ultimately I was wrong about it. I wasn't, like, not in spirit, I wasn't. He tried to back out. He did mm-hmm. not want he to did. go through discovery. Yeah. He tried his damnedest to weasel his way out of this shit right. because it wasn't a real offer. And he got fixated uh because billionaires, rich people, have this inflated sense of knowing what uh uh people like and people want and he's like, ooh, people, you know, buy my cars as a status symbol. I'm really into Twitter. That must mean everybody else is into Twitter. Yeah. It's like not even remotely close. I mean,
2: the president is giving his proclamations via Twitter. Right, so obviously right. it's the most important platform. So
0: because he was into it, he he applied this like over uh uh this overzealous sense of importance to it. Yeah, which it is not important in any way, shape or, it's convenient. That's, that's the ticker is like, is like, if you're on Twitter, if you are a brand, if you are an official entity of some sort a government thing, it's, it's convenient to like put a tweet out there because news organizations, they, they like put up tweets all the time. It's like, so-and-so, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the UAE tweeted today from its official account that blah, 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 blah. It's like, this is yeah. taking the place of like, uh, uh Press releases quite often is like, like official accounts will just put up a tweet instead of like a press release that goes out to, you know, that's the antiquated way of doing things. So from that sense, it has like a little bit of self-importance, but if Twitter disappeared tomorrow, people would just go back to press releases and nothing, nobody would skip a beat. Right. Right. So he over offered for this thing that he thought. Was way important than it was, and then tried to back out and Mm -hmm. couldn't. He got Mm -hmm. got. He like he shot himself in the foot, which is hilarious. Way overpaid for that fucking thing. Holy shit! He he would be. He paid forty four billion for it, and if he could get seven or eight for it today, he would be doing good. (sighs) That's crazy. It's and he like
2: I think it was like hours after he bought the fucking thing, he wrote a tweet that was like, "Did it for the lulls."
0: yeah yeah it's like yeah, yeah you know what that is that's cope that yeah is, bro that is copium of the highest order yes that is like Pure Haha, copium. Haha, I, I totally meant to do this you yeah know? exactly uh shut up i totally meant to do this like that's that's all that is that's well all elon is. musk
2: really i mean at this point i don't know if it was always like this but he is just a walking vessel of cope i mean that's all yeah, he is yeah, yeah. every He's, tweet is so like obviously self uh like trying to protect his ego. Like, yeah, it's just, that, it's that's ridiculous. Man.
0: That's, it's, he's playing, he's playing defense against people, uh, making fun of him because he's a dork. He's just like, like <laughs> at, at his deepest level. And I, that's, yeah. I don't mean that's insulting to dorks, me saying that, but yeah. he is a dork of yes. the highest order. He's never been cool. No amount of money makes you cool. You cannot pay to be cool. You cannot make enough money. To be cool, if you it does not naturally come to you, and yeah. that is what he has desperately been chasing his entire life. That's why he dated Grimes. That's why he, uh, like is trying to go to space. That's why he like he. That's why he does absolutely everything. That's why he hangs out with Kanye and shit. And, like, yeah, and why or, he went or, on like,
2: stage at fucking Chappelle's. exactly at
0: Chappelle show. Like yeah. he's trying to be cool, yeah. and one of the least cool things you can do is be a billionaire. It's yeah. like the it's the antithesis of the ethos of what cool actually is. And you cannot be
2: uh, a cool billionaire and <laughs> no. then also uh, claim that you're being victimized. Yes, and, exactly, like, exactly. Always oppressed. Like yeah, you can't yeah. have everything all at once, bro. I'll you can be this, one thing at a time, okay?
0: The closest thing to being cool and being a billionaire is like Richard. Jeff Bezos. Oh. <laughs> I, I probably would leave <laughs> him off my <laughs> list. Sure, sure. But honestly, like, if we're doing like a hierarchy here, Jeff Bezos is light years cooler than Elon Musk. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just by virtue of him being quieter, exactly. which is again, not saying much, but uh, Richard Branson, like, like he is probably like peak billionaire. Cool. Mark Cuban, just the fact that he's into the NBA as much as he is. And he won't shut the hell up, even if it gets him fined by the league and shit. That's funny to me. And if you do something that makes me laugh, uh, yeah. and you're a billionaire, then I will give you a few cool points. Yeah, um, you know, this, I'll, I'll throw them a bone. I know they're all uh, pining for my approval at They night. Are. They lose They've been waiting shit. for that. They exactly. have. They truly have. It's when they hear this
2: podcast hands. episode, Woo! they're going to be Woo-hoo! so
0: stoked. Yeah, I mean, we know they listen. We, we know they listen. 100%. Uh, so,
1: yeah. That's been a, a running joke on the Outsiders Social Club, uh, you know, Ron, uh, Ron's podcast. We, we, we've recorded some episodes and then they haven't been released yet. And then all of a sudden they're being discussed on the Levitard show or something else. Oh, so dude. I have an episode that's coming out, not this week, uh, or, you know, it's, what is the date? I don't know. This isn't even 9th, happening. 7th? I don't it's. know. Point yeah. is it's happening. Uh, I have a, an episode releasing at the end of February that I released right, at, uh, about the Mandela effect. And, uh, of course, in Cenophobe, they talk about the Mandela Effect. And so people are going to be like, oh, they pulled that from
0: that. Oh, no. People have been talking – man, you know, the Mandela Effect's been talked about since uh, – like we were talking about Cracked.com earlier. That's yeah. the first place I read about the Mandela Effect. Yeah. So, no, you cannot – you cannot stake – Yeah, you can't – it's like a meme with his, uh, you know, the the MVP club or something and, like, getting pissed at Nick Wright about having, like, an MVP club. Oh, there can only or- be one. Yeah, there no, they- like, one. this is all – like that, that's, that's part of, that's, that's what the internet is. It is a, it's, it's a, it's a visualization of the hive mind, right? Yeah, like and, I, it and I'm is, a believer
1: in collective consciousness.
0: 100%. Yeah, I, I am too. And, and, and this happened to me literally, what's today, Tuesday, yesterday. So I tweeted out a joke. I've been, I've been coming up with stupid names for the last of us. Are you guys watching the last of us?
2: No, I haven't gotten into it Have yet. you,
0: have you played the game I or anything? I canceled my HBO
1: because, oh, okay. uh, because it, uh, it wasn't working.
2: Oh, well, that's it's a pretty good, good
1: reason, reason to cancel <laughs> uh, well. it. <laughs> yeah. The menu would go, and then I would click the play, and then it would just be, like, the, the dots.
0: And then oh, I would just, just stop. Just, and it was doing that for, like... screen?
1: Yeah, it was doing that for, like, LinkedIn two weeks. Shit. And I was that like, yeah, oh, I'm just going to cancel this. Damn. So, well... But go ahead. I played the game.
0: No, so so you know the story, basically. Well, I, I kept coming up with... You know that, that uh, joke format? Um, uh, I, I think I said something... Um, Am I watching The Last of Us? Oh, you mean Plants versus Ombres? Uh, or, you know, am I watching The Last of Us? Oh, you mean a fungus? Like, instead <laughs> of a Us, you know? Wow, um, that's good. Like, and I, I just kept coming up with, like, stupid pun names. Anyway, it's incredibly dumb. Uh, but <laughs> I, I yesterday I tweeted out... A dark-haired, mustachioed man escorting a girl to safety in a world full of sentient mushrooms trying to kill them. No thanks to The Last of Us. I've played Mario. Uh, You know, and then I tweeted that out and somebody immediately replies, oh, did you see the SNL skit this weekend? And I'm like fuck i have been sitting on this tweet was in my draft for days i was trying to come up with another format for that joke the same format that i had been using but i couldn't come up with a a punny name or a a joke name for super mario brothers that included like the mushroom element or the fungus element so i switched the format and finally pulled the trigger on it come to find out Pedro Pascal I didn't even know Pedro Pascal was on SNL over the weekend and they do a whole Mario skit basically exactly like my tweet like I like like they hit all the same beats of it so it's there is this this collective hive mind that you just cannot avoid if you are yeah. uh, not even terminally online if you're just online briefly these things seep into your brains that you, sure. you can't do anything about
2: yeah, I think it's like you're you're paying attention to the zeitgeist of things. You're seeing little things, and it's making these connections and relationships in your
0: brain. And like
2: multiple people are going to come up with the same shit.
0: I mean, yeah, it's, just, uh, it's, know, it's inevitable. But then inevitable. then the the accusations of like, oh, a you stole Steven. that. Yeah, yeah. man, this is that, sin, that is that is one of the. Mo- I, I feel like, uh, uh, well, he's grown to be a problem larger than anyone. Could have oh, ever. I know who you're talking about. Ever, ever. Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yes, absolutely. You you nailed the shit out. of I that. love him for that, though. For uh, what he did. He called out Carlos Men- or was it Carlos Mencia? Yeah, it was Carlos Mencia. Yeah, so he like that. That was like one of the first. I feel like viral. Like videos are not one of the first viral videos, but I remember when it went viral oh, it was big. all those years ago yeah. and it was huge. And Joe Rogan got all this street cred for like doing this shit. Um, and I was listening to a lot of Mark Marin at the time, WTF and stuff. Yeah, and so too. I was like real heavily listening, you know, that into- Carlos
2: Mencia episode, by the way. Oh yeah. Year.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where you like, great. they did a two parter, I believe. Yeah. It was fucking great. That idea kind of like shaped the early aughts or like the, the late aughts, early mm. teens, internet as far as like how to react to seeing the same joke mm-hmm. it's like you got to call them out you got to like you know you got to like you know uh, really you know give it to them stick it to them and shit. And it's like you guys like you were talking about uh before i'm gonna call you nolan i'm sorry i'm gonna call you nolan <laughs> it's all good Th- there is a collective consciousness like and the, the internet has done nothing but Connect those neurons even stronger. Like obviously, that's what it is. It's literally, totally. it's literally, we're connected by electricity right now. You know, yeah. like this is my computer is like a neuron. Y'all's mm-hmm. computers are neurons. And this is all just one big brain uh, across the globe. It would be weirder if that wasn't happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it would be bizarre if that wasn't the case. If if people weren't coming up with the exact same things. That's true.
2: Yeah, it's like that.
0: Uh, I think
1: ultimately what is funny is like, like humor is subjective in a lot of ways, but a lot of times a situation boils down to what is funny is it's like, it's calculated, right. To where like, if if everyone taps into humor, like you with, with understanding the parallels between Mario and the last of us and being like that there's something here, joke, joke, you know, like, you had the same thought as the SNL people had, right? So right. point is you're tapped into this funny, you know what funny is, you see the funny in a situation. And all and like a lot of the times the funny, there is a perfect joke.
0: Yes. Everywhere. Yeah. You
1: yeah. know what I mean? If you can just get to
0: it. Everybody everybody sees the block of wood. And sometimes the block of wood is like, you know, it's it's like the, you know, the unformed ball of clay. Mm -hmm. Or, or like the piece of marble and it's like, sometimes that's truly a blank canvas. And other times it's already like a piece of wood that is kind of shaped like something. Mm -hmm. And there's only so many things that you can make. It's like, everybody's going to make this into a mermaid because it's already kind of shaped like a mermaid, you know, or everybody's going to make this into a giraffe because it kind of already has a giraffe shape to it or some shit. And like, that's what those jokes are on the internet. It's like, there are sometimes just the inevitable endpoint that everybody gets to. And it stews for just the right amount of time. And everybody jumps on it at the same time. Everybody makes that joke all at once. So it's, it's kind of fascinating to see. It's like, like whenever, I guess the most common way it happens is like, like the Chinese spy balloon, uh, phenomenon over this past <laughs> week is like, everybody Jesus ends up making Christ. the same jokes about it. You know, everybody gets to it eventually and, and lands on the same, uh, the, the same jokes. But again, that, that's, that's kind of like, to me, it's kind of beautiful that that happens, that, that so many people come to it independently and make the same exact joke. It's like, we're, we're all our brains, no matter how different we think we are from each other. Like you said, there's a, there's a formula to all of this. Like there is a formula. And if you spend enough time uh, laughing at shit on the internet, you figure out it, it's kind of like having gone to school for uh comedy writing or something. It's like, you know, the beats, you know, the formats and shit, mm-hmm. you've seen enough of it. Uh, you know, you know how to come up with that shit. Yeah some real shit yeah
1: and then then the key is to be able to do it and then do it in a non-derivative way
0: yeah you know what i mean yeah.
2: and and yeah. a non-hacky way
0: sure yeah want to be a plebe about it that's definitely the goal uh for for like it, it's hard to do it's hard to, yeah. to not be driven and i i lean you, like the other thing you can do is just lean into it and like yeah. make oh that yeah part be a of total the, hack. Uh, yeah make <laughs> make that like part of yeah. the the charm or part of the uh I the mean, whole, sometimes I will
2: say the low hanging fruit is so satisfying sometimes. Yes. Oh, it's you know, the best. That's why
0: puns <laughs> are <the> great, <laughs>
2: man. Yeah, That's puns. The- yeah. I have a friend. He just rattles off puns all fucking day long. <laughs> Some of them are preloaded. Like he's sure, got them sure. in the bag. You know? Right, right. But a lot of them, I'll just be like, damn, bro. Like you really just came up with that right now.
0: See, that the phrase you use, low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Low hanging fruit is a good thing. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right we right. eat fruit right yeah, like yeah. like if it was high-hanging fruit it would be <laughs> harder to get to like we <laughs> right. are evolved to get to the easiest yes. food possible
2: and the ones on the ground that have been sitting there for a long time might get you drunk exactly
0: exactly they're already fermented ground it's, a, it's a bonus <laughs> so <ground> like fruit. <laughs> I feel like the phrase low hanging fruit gets a really bad rap because that is what we are designed to do is like is is find resources as easily as possible.
2: Right. So expend the least amount of energy getting the most amount of caloric intake. Exactly. But that's the thing is that we I mean, maybe this is an American thing or maybe it's just a human thing. There's like this virtue in doing the most amount of work. You know, it's like uh, artists who go through this intense, uh, you know, like sojourn of the soul, and like understand this incredibly intense process and work with impossible to work with tools. It's like that's a better artist, yeah, because they didn't go with the low hanging fruit. They climbed all the way to the fucking top. Exactly, human excellence. You know, some of that is a little bit true, but it's a little bit very pretentious so it's
0: it's a it's a myth right it's 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 <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's a hundred percent a myth but you're right it is so prevalent it's like um so this lab-grown diamond is chemically identical to the mm-hmm. one that somebody got their hand cut off for right in this mine uh but I'm supposed to pay more for the one that had blood shed over it. Right. It's like, what, what is that? Like, so I'm literally paying for the, the violence and the misery. Like that's, that's the premium. That's 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 why I'm paying extra. Like that is a fucking absurd notion. That is. Religiously,
2: uh, economically, uh, you know i don't know i can only speak from an american perspective obviously sure. i think we all Me too. admit that but uh i think sacrifice is so baked into our culture that like yeah i think there is a premium on sacrifice yeah. if somebody yeah. sacrificed for this thing, it's more
0: valuable. Yeah, but it's you only the I mean? working class that sacrifices oh, in the end. Fuck yeah! It's you know, it's it's not yeah. it's not the uh, it's not the the rich folks. It's not the one percent. Like they, damn right. They they are uh, they get to just like pay somebody else to, to sacrifice for them at some point. So it's it's this it's this blue collar myth mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. that
0: gets perpetuated at every turn that you should be out there breaking your body because it's an honest day's uh, pay for an honest day's job or whatever really the right? hell 100% you know like man. it's it's 100. all it's all myth making that's all this country is is just made up of bullshit myths that keep 98 99 of us as a permanent underclass to support uh the the political class the leisure class the mm-hmm. the managerial mm-hmm. class that's all it is it's just it's it's yeah. completely uh, oh, it's brainwashing point. to to it's it's you know like I don't know how political you get on here. Uh, oh I, I fuck that, man! Uh, <laughs> no, we go we go way too political a lot of the time So, so yeah. uh, I mean, just just <laughs> the the buzzword of twenty twenty two, and it looks like it's going to be the buzzword of twenty twenty three. Grooming, right? Oh, like g- grooming constantly. Like it doesn't you mean, like even mean anything. Anymore. Exactly. It's 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 borderline. It's going into that territory. You're absolutely right. Where it doesn't mean anything. But you want to talk about how we groom kids in this country Mm -hmm. like the myths that we constantly tell them about what they're supposed to do with their lives and how you have no value to society unless you are part of the the, this machine part of like making money unless Mm you're making money and i know that sounds like you know hippie college freshman bullshit that I'm, I'm spouting right Liberal there. Liberal arts like,
1: college, man. I don't know what you're talking
0: <laughs> about. <What are> you <laughs> the saying? older you get, man, the older you get, the more you see it for what it is. It's like when I was younger, I was all about working my ass off, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, now I'm just like, man, this is, this like, Too old for like that you shit. either go, you, you either make a, like, you either go, right wing with it and you lean into those myths and you Mm -hmm. convince yourself that that it's all true and it all has value or you really start to have the the scales pulled back from your eyes where you realize like uh, like how much horseshit this entire entire system is
2: dude if we're going political Let's do oh, it. No,
0: oh uh, shit, <laughs> Oh shit.
2: I like to think of it as like in a, uh, like obviously capitalism is failing. Like right. the yeah. returns what? are, I don't, oh, I'm sorry are, to tell you, you, man. Are you sitting
0: down, are you sitting down, Hashing. <laughs> you
2: might want to just chill out for a second and just let this wash over you and you can delve in deeper later. <laughs> but capitalism is fucking failing. I mean, it's an unsustainable system. So the options you only have really, in my opinion, I like to simplify things because I'm so smart. Uh, that I like to make things very binary and I'm so easy smart. to understand because that I'm so intelligent.
0: Work smarter, not harder.
2: <laughs> I like to think that there's like two ways you can go, two paths you can take, and that's really it. Either you say, uh, okay, well, if capitalism is failing, uh, then I'm going to build barriers. I'm going to seclude myself in. I'm going to keep everybody else out. I'm going to make my in-group very tight, and I'm going to, basically it's fascism. It's like this nationalistic isolationist fascism. Or you say, hey, man, things are getting kind of fucking bad and things have been really bad for a lot of fucking other people for my benefit, but I'm not even benefiting anymore. Maybe I ought to like you know team up with them, and it becomes like a socialist kind of right, right. uh, global workers union.
0: You, type you thing. entertain the possibility of another way,
2: right? Um, and I feel and, like those are the kind of the only paths when when the system is just massively failing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I
2: think uh,
1: that, uh, like, if we're we're looking at the point in which that split happens, for me, it's like you're told what you're told when you're a kid, you're raised how you were raised, right? And there's going to be a moment of cognitive dissonance that happens with with all people. Like, I feel like you are you're very, very much in the minority if you don't have a moment of cognitive dissonance, just in the sense of like your parents raising you correctly. So you're either going to have that moment because you were raised incorrectly, because we were all raised incorrectly, because capitalism. Or you're going to not have that moment for one of two reasons, a, because you were raised correctly or you're in full denial, full narcissist.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But point is when, when most people, 99% of those people get to that moment, they either continue to deny, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or they embrace the, you know, the truth, the reality of the situation, et cetera. And so like with that initial denial, if, if they were to ever, uh, admit to anything that they were wrong about in the future, that first denial, yeah. which is the foundation of all denials, breaks. Yeah. Right. Right.
2: And then it's just everything. And topples. that becomes
1: them. That that foundation is actually their identity. They create that like becomes their ego self. Yeah. And things like that. And so, I mean, for example, like my grandmother, she's very open-minded politically. She's not in this this political scape, but you know, she had traumatic things happen to her when she was a kid, and so it led to. Um, this idea that people aren't bad, right? People can't be bad. And if she admits that anyone at any mm. point in time that she's come across in her life is bad. That means that like the, the shit that happened when she was a kid was because someone was bad
2: right. or, or someone
1: did some shit. Right. And so it just like, and it then it's breaking ego death
2: and now it's you, ego death. <laughs> now you and, have to rebuild yourself and that's tough. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so so what we're seeing is, like, everyone, like, doubling down, tripling down, like, fucking grabbing the anchor and diving off the deep end into the Marianas Trench and just, like, clinging for dear life with a (laughs) smile. But, like, it's because, like, if they were to, like, let go of it, they would die. But the irony, of course, is that they're hanging on to an anchor sinking down into the fucking ocean, (laughs) and they're dead if they hang on. So it's just,
0: like— capitalism oh, is not a race to the top it's a race to the bottom yeah. yeah like that's that's the that's the great myth of capitalism is like you need a permanent underclass and the only way to actually sustain infinite growth which is what capitalism's mm-hmm. ethos is right is race to the bottom and if you actually like confront that notion You're absolutely right. Both of you are absolutely correct. You either, you've either tied your identity and we see, you see it throughout society. It's like, Hey, what's your name? Hey, what do you like? Hey, what's up? What do you do for a living? Yeah. yeah, That's, that's like the second fucking question we ask everybody is what what do do you do? do do How do you get your income
2: from your labor? Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. What's your value? What's your (laughs) net worth? I forget who exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, uh, I forget who said it, uh, but I heard it on Dailies. That Jack relayed the quote, but uh, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism.
2: Yeah, I've yep. heard that as well. That's true. And it's
0: it's so fucking true. It's, it's true, so true
2: even for the people who are like revolutionary thinkers or yes, like yeah, absolutely. activists. Absolutely. It's like when you start talking about alternative systems and shit, it kind of all comes back to capitalism <laughs> or yeah, like yeah. there's just no way to oh, do it. I don't know. That,
0: that we, we have a clandestine basically paramilitary organization within our government that everybody knows about whose job is to basically make the rest of the world business friendly to u.s corporations the yeah. cia yeah that's yeah. all the cia does that's, yeah, that's been, that was it's been their mission this this entire time is like how can we forcibly make other countries that do not want our corporations in their country hmm how can we force our force them to, to cooperate with us? And yeah. they, just, they just regime change shit. Yep. It's hard. Like, like that quote, it's, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. Could you imagine just how much longer, you know, we were talking about the, the, how it, it feels like, like capitalism is dying in, yeah. in little, like a, like a, the death of a thousand cuts here and there, uh, Imagine if they just actually did Medicare for all. Right. Imagine how much longer their runway could be. Like how much goodwill that would buy the corporate interests in this country. If they just did that for us. If they just did the thing that every other modern, like, like developed nation has already fucking figured out. I know. It's like, like they're, they're too stupid to b- because we are so influenced by lobbyists in the political world because they can buy votes in congress so easily yeah it feels impossible to imagine this country with any kind of like like in the modern political arena changing in any way shape or form like i cannot imagine yeah. healthcare for all Like 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 Medicare for all, in today's political climate, like it was easier to get done back in the '30s and '40s because you didn't have the lobbyist interest, you didn't have the media as like as as propaganda, like like twenty four hours, seven days a week propaganda in your pocket on your phone all the time. It feels like we are at a breaking point, an equilibrium here, uh, where it's it's like. Like, shit's going to keep getting bad, but things are going to keep not changing. And mm-hmm. eventually, those two things run up against each other. Yeah, and it's like a contradiction
2: that cannot be resolved. Like, something
0: breaks, and usually it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, fucking rich-ass people, like you said, locked away, clinging to fascism and shit. Yeah. That, that's the direction they went. They're going to be just fine. They're going to be just fine. It's oh, never man. them that actually shed any fucking blood. No. No. So anyway, sorry that that, like (laughs) this is a fucking dark ass place. I just went, but like it is, it is something I think about a lot. Um, No,
2: I think you're right though. Like it's crazy that, uh, these very like basic ideas. Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say that the whole, our conversation on myth making and shit, when I was like, I don't know, 18 or 19 and I learned about lobbyists yeah. I was like, oh, I'm taking all this shit I learned and throwing it in the trash. Bro. Right, exactly. This exactly. is trash. I can't believe there's fucking lobbyists. People can just pay for politicians? Yep, Are you yep. kidding me? <laughs> but anyway, right. but uh, yeah, the other thing I was going to say is when you were talking about uh, that quote, like, that's why I love, and this goes into one of the topics you wanted to touch on too is this, I love Star Trek, okay, <laughs> that's a weird thing to say, but because everything is dystopia, okay, every imagining of the future is dystopian, and Star Trek was so different, because it was like, nah, like, in the future, there's no economic strife, like, everybody works together, like, you can be literally a fucking alien, and we're fucking with you, like, you that's, can have they, your they own They took culture. an
0: optimistic approach. To they did, thing. and yeah. it's like,
2: uh in like voyager i'm rewatching voyager i don't know if you watched that but like there's an indigenous crew member from a, an indigenous tribe and it's like that's like a very like sort of uh tangentially like afrocentric or afrofuturist a little bit like where mm-hmm. it's like he, this indigenous tribe survives 600 years into the future or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's, that's like that's a beautiful fucking way to look at the future and I just feel like we're being inundated with these dystopian, which I love. I love dystopian sci-fi, but we're being inundated with that shit. Okay. I don't know. Is, is Voyager the one with Whoopi? <laughs> no, that's next gen. Don't ever say
1: that. Okay. Yet. That shit. Ha- whoo- that's it's got some bad like Whoopies out the outfits and that shit are so they're next Bro. level.
2: Dude. We're watching <laughs> oh we're God. watching Voyager uh, and the aliens. Some of the aliens, the only thing that's different about them is they have like fabric matted in their hair.
0: <laughs> I'm like what the fuck is this? Is it, that's yeah. weird. I've I, so I've never uh, I've never watched any of the TV shows. I like reading. So he, here's a weird thing that I do with pop culture. I read lore about shows that i've never watched
2: before. i do that shit all day long i watch okay. youtube videos and okay read all right. All right. wikis. And that
0: makes me that makes me feel better one of my why. favorite <laughs> w- 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 when i first got uh, like after college i didn't own a computer until i was like probably 2008 2009 something mm-hmm. like that yeah. uh just managed without one you know uh but when i was uh when i shared an apartment with a buddy of mine he got a computer for college i would just sit down and just go through imdb and read the trivia sections of movies that i had never seen before um i knew more about star wars than most people did and had never seen the trilogy before
2: that's hilarious
0: like man. i didn't i didn't grow up watching star wars. i didn't watch star wars until probably like mid 2000s late 2000s something like that the original trilogy oh oh okay um,
2: not the prequels so no, you know exactly. yeah, real I, forgot real forgot you. Treat.
0: yeah I, I saw the prequels when they came out in theaters yeah, i never watched the original yeah. trilogy before um just wasn't like i just i'm not i'm not a fan of pop culture in the original sense of the word, fan. I'm not really a fanatic about anything. Yeah. I'm not like, and and I'm not I'm not uh, speaking ill, obviously, of anybody who is. How dare you? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we <laughs> but we need those people to exist.
3: You know, right, yeah. As yeah exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Hundred percent. Like, 100%. Yeah. like, like the. the uh, you know, I, I am a I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Levitard show. I will say that. Let me take that back for a second. Oh, see. Um,
2: oh, you almost got in trouble. Oh shit.
0: <laughs> so. I I am a fan of like I guess fiction uh, is like like narrative uh, fiction and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I I I don't really like cling to any one specific like just it's just never something that really like like nothing really struck me to that degree. Um, actually, what am I talking? I am a huge fan. I, I take this all back. Uh, erase, all of this. All right. erase, erase all of this. Uh oh. <laughs> all right. flip flopping. Erase all of this. All stangin'. Fuck. Uh, the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. dope. Huge fan of that series of books.
1: What about the movie?
0: Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Come on. Guess. Uh, it was pretty great. Guess. I don't know. That that shit, it it pisses me off. So you guys are sports oriented, right? Uh, well, I'm not, but yeah. So this this man, I am. So it's but Rob. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. No,
1: I was gonna say I am, but Rob's not. Rob is very anti sports, which I actually love his perspective, where it's like, okay. As you were listing through like all of the different you know sports media people that you guys had on Lauer, I I could see Rob's eyes kind of (laughs) glazing over. over.
2: Yeah, I was like struggling. I was like waiting for a name. Like uh, maybe
0: I know Tony Collins. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, in the NFL, there is the coaches carousel. Oh, yeah. Where once you're a coach in the NFL, once you're a head coach, you get on the carousel. And you get signed to a five-year deal. And then uh, three losing seasons later, you uh, get fired. You have <laughs> two more years left on your deal. You try and get another head coach. And then you interview for another, you know, the Jets head coaching position or offensive coordinator position. Well, when that white head coach, because it's almost always a white head coach. Whiteman. Oh, white, another Whiteman. Fired. Another white. Uh, when they get fired, quite often there is a black interim head coach that gets gets to take over the rest of the shitty season that this team is having because that's why the head coach got fired in the first place, right? Right, right. So that black head coach comes in, does a great job steering the ship, locker room loves him. At the end of the season, they're almost never the one that gets hired for the full-time position almost always. It's like fucking clockwork. Yeah. It, uh, it happened actually the it kind of just happened. It just happened in Carolina for the Carolina Panthers and Texas too. Right. So they, they actually did hire a, a new black head coach, which was, they fired good. The black series, but they, brought but they, a new they black fired head. a black coach, a oh. lovey <laughs> uh, <Luffy> Smith and <laughs> uh, then hired damn. a new, uh, Not black a total head coach. Win, but you know, <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but it just happened in Carolina where the guy, I think Wilkes was his name. Uh, the team loved him. He actually like the, the weirdly enough, they traded away one of their star players and this guy kept the wheels on the thing. And like, they almost made the wild card weekend well, as a dog shit team this year. Like at, they didn't have a quarterback all season long. Like they, anyway, he doesn't get the head coaching position. They give it to this dude, Frank Reich, uh, who is like not mm. a very good, Frank coach. Reich? Frank Reich, Frank yeah. They call him and that is the name. third. He's the yeah. third. Yo. Frank the
2: third, oh no. Oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> so all of that to say, Idris Elba <laughs> is the interim black head coach <laughs> of the Dark Tower series. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking bullshit yeah. that he got the chance to play Roland yeah. this thing finally makes it this I don't know if you know this script ha- was tortured yeah. oh. it was it was kept in a, on a CIA black site in a <laughs> Eastern European country for Romania. decades Tate. <laughs> being waterboarded electrodes to its testicles yeah. uh like being tortured with with music um <laughs> and finally they bring it to the big screen and it's that Piece of shit that they put out. Unbelievable, man. And now, apparently, this other director who, from what I've seen of his work, is does good. So Mike Flanagan. Oh, I've heard uh, of that. Name. I think you have heard of that name. He he did the show Midnight Mass. Yeah, uh, that dude's fucking it, dope. Midnight Mass Hill was House great. Hill House bla- was amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm in the middle of watching Midnight Mass. Don't spoil anything for Come me. On. It's great. I'm though. loving it, it so far.
2: It's a little like loquacious for me, but it's also really good writing. So I don't know.
0: It is I am loving all of the the religious vibes to it. I didn't grow up Catholic or anything, but I did grow up in church, Southern Baptist and shit. And the writing and the messaging mm-hmm. and the way these people talk about religion, it feels very authentic to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 digging yeah. it. I'm really digging it. Yeah. So all of that to say, again, and I'm long winded. I apologize to you. <laughs> nah, uh, man,
2: we're long. winded Mike
0: Flanagan fun. now has an option to do a. Uh, Dark Tower series show, oh, and it's apparently it's like in the early stages of development or something, and I am so pissed off that Idris Elba got cast as Roland Deschain for that dog shit, for that dog shit season <laughs> where like like he's they treated him like an interim black head coach in the NFL. Yeah, that's what I'm pissed about.
2: So that's a goddamn shame, that's, man. It is it. Well, Edris Elba is such a talented actor too. Like he's yes, so committed yeah. to his performances, and
0: I I loved him as Roland. Like Roland is a white guy modeled after Clint Eastwood from mm. the spaghetti westerns of the sixties and seventies. Right, totally. That's what yeah. inspired Stephen King. However, when he got cast as Roland, I'm like, fuck yeah, that is perfect. I absolutely love that. Stephen King loved that casting, but he got put in that dog shit of a movie, and yeah, it's just it's. Back. Mm-mm. Racism is still alive and well in this country.
2: It's <laughs> yeah, Well, that's true.
1: man. Dude, mo- movies, <laughs> like editing does so much for a movie. Like, I'm convinced that you can take a well written movie with good actors and edit it in a way that everyone will look like their, their <laughs> elementary school.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred
1: percent, dude. It is just like I've gotten to. I've gotten to understand that where sometimes I'll be like, "How is this person in such a bad role?" And it's like, "Oh well, they they had no. I mean, they had no chance. The only thing you can do as an actor, I think, is discern, and you know, like, is take the chance on be like, okay, I'm gonna accept this project. Like that's the only thing you can do. Is just like accept it, and then you have to hope that the showrunners and the post-production team and the director yeah, and all that yeah. stuff don't make him look down. like a fucking idiot
0: exactly have you uh, have, there's a really good YouTube channel called Folding Ideas uh, mm. where the guy explains you remember that Snowman uh, movie or no The Policeman or no no, no, no. Was it Snowman shit? and Policeman um,
1: are very different so <laughs>
0: Uh, so the poster for it was, I gave you all the clues, Mr. Policeman. What the And fuck? it was that crude drawing of a snowman. Uh, <laughs> so Google this. One of you guys Google right, this. All right, I'm pulling it I'm up. not crazy. It's got Michael Fassbender what? in it. He played, he played Magneto, right? Yeah. Okay. Google this shit. I gave you all the clues, Mr. Policeman.
1: <laughs> Hello, Mr. Police. I gave you Hello, all... Hello, Mr.... Yeah, I gave you all the clues that's it. slash hello, Mr. Police. What? what is the name of that movie? That's that's what it's called? Oh, it's Wait, called no, 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 The it's Snowman. Called, no, it's
0: called The Snowman. It is, yeah. Okay, it is called The Snowman. Okay, watch this guy's <laughs> video about what this movie is insane. You will feel like you are having a stroke while watching I'm this excited movie and to watch this losing all the you, your like bearings and it's like, wait, why am I so confused right now? This isn't making sense and you will think it's on you. It's like, did I look down at my phone did I miss some kind of key something or another? And no, you didn't. <laughs> it's just that poorly edited and put together and this guy's youtube channel breaks down exactly why you get the sensations and the feelings of like why why is this so weird What's yeah. it called why again? am i the snowman it's uh, no, called the that's the, oh, the folding, ideas. folding folding ideas yeah uh he also did this long video it's like an hour and a half two hours maybe on why crypto is a pyramid scheme and why nfts it's called the line line goes up and it is fan. If you need to convince anyone in your life about the realities of NFTs, have them watch this video. It's you know, incredible. I might have
2: seen his NFT uh, video actually. Oh, this, this guy's fucking dope, dude. He's got a uh, Ralph Bakshi video.
0: Yes, yes, that Come that on, is man. Uh, the, his. I'm telling you, as, as much as you guys like the vibe of this show, as much as you guys are into pop culture and the history of it and just like larger kind of just like i mean the ethos of your show that that you said in the introduction the psychology behind things he is one of the most fascinating youtube channels i've found yet about all of that stuff it's incredible i'm writing
2: first of all the snowman down and we're gonna watch that me and my wife and second of all i'm writing that uh folding ideas guy down so i don't hell yeah
1: hell yeah Yeah, maybe we could watch that on a. We could live stream, watch along on Twitch. (laughs) Snowman,
0: I would love it if you guys did that. I would (laughs) love to hear somebody else's reaction to that movie. I
2: love movies that
0: I'm like, how are they doing every single thing wrong? Yes, yes. Like there's there like editing. There's there is an a science and an art to it. Yeah, Uh, it's like you have to keep the viewer in a sense of space and continuity. Relative continuity. Like like if you cut too far away from where a person was standing before to where they're standing now it makes you feel like you're in a completely different room with them yeah. it makes it it's confusing and your audience isn't going to understand exactly why they're confused right. they're oh, just going to know like this is uncanny valley bullshit yeah. i hate this or why do i don't know why i hate this but i fucking hate did it. did you
1: guys see uh, the core i just watched that recently
2: no, what
0: is this? Is I don't this think like I ever Sun watched movie? that. I know, the, I know the movie you're talking so about. So it though.
1: was it was like a huge movie, like not like after Armageddon and deep, deep Impact, but it's an extinction level event movie. It had Aaron's. not I always want to say Aaron Sorkin, but it's Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> That'd be it had weird. Aaron Eckhart in it and Hilary Swank. And Do it, they have to drill to the center
2: of the earth? Yes. Oh, that's yes. so impossibly sh- stupid. <laughs> the, the most
1: amazingly jar, oh. like, like the worst jargon of any movie, I like just scientific. Th- so my buddy, he is getting his degree in organic chemistry and I'm watching it with him. And he's just like, what does that mean? That has no application here. And he was just like losing his mind as they're detailing all of this stuff that has no purpose for the plot. That's and it's great. just like- it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to just expect your viewers to be as stupid as as they are. It makes you think that this movie is made in like nineteen eighty two, but it's made in two thousand three. Yeah, I
0: remember. Right. I remember when it came out. Uh, I, I I never ended up seeing it, but one of my favorite examples of uh, of that. Thing where somebody is just like weighing over their head with a dialogue. I can't remember which Pierce Brosnan Bond movie it was, oh, yeah. but Denise Richards <laughs> yep. oh, as yeah. the nuclear scientist Christmas Jones. Uh, the world is not enough. Okay, wow. there, there you go. One hundred percent Twine baby I had it on deck. Christmas Jones was her name, I believe.
2: Down there, it's all weapons grade plutonium, reasonably safe. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> loved her in it, but I remember at the time thinking this is so funny like this her trying to be convincing yeah. as a nuclear scientist is just like and don't get me wrong i like i like very few people are convincing as like when they're like really spouting No, dude, you heavy, could figure it out you could practice uh, you could like sure sure i you could i'm just trying to be like i'm I'm trying to be very you know, have some. yeah tr- exactly i'm trying to have some grace I'm about it ass. you know uh, <laughs> uh it's it's you're not being like charitable. it's It's not easy, like when when you are completely unfamiliar with a discipline of science, and then you have to sound convincing. But of course, at the same time, that's your fucking job. That's what I was just gonna say. Like, isn't that
2: (laughs) part of your responsibilities as an actor? Yeah, 100. Yeah, totally. I mean, I thought
1: being an actor is not just like doing what the director is told and reciting lines. Like you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be researching a character, and like you don't have to go full Daniel Day Lewis, Christian Bale, but. Was it you, Christy, that posted uh, the, if Chris, if Dan, if Christian Bale would have played in the whale, then he would have gained that weight? Yes, <laughs> like yes, that yes, was totally. one of the funniest tweets. Like, this. <laughs> like that is a, unobjectively one of the funnier things I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I, I
0: think I said, you know, look, I'm just saying, if Christian Bale was in that movie, he would have gained all that weight for the whale. <laughs> like that's so, yeah. that's
1: <laughs> just like because there's so many people that like I've tried to talk about the whale with a couple. Fr- uh, and people before and they talk about how fat phobic and um like they, they were very anti that movie right but right, it's like right. you just like you managed to nail the joke on the head and skip past all of it and just be like there's a joke here bam and then just <laughs> like it's just like oh my god well it was so kind of like I, I was just
0: thinking about just just because I think he gained weight for he lost
1: a bunch of weight for the machinist the machinist and he gained and all then that the weight
2: next... for uh, playing the what's the his batman, name? batman No, his well Dick Cheney, too, but Dick Cheney. Yeah. yeah oh wow. In
0: Vice. Yeah, yeah. He gained yeah. like that so fucking good.
2: 100 and something pounds or some shit. Yeah, know, yeah,
0: he gained a ton of weight for that. Mm. But the the wildest thing about the Machinist is that that was the movie he did right before Batman right? Begins. Yeah. 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 And he was jacked in that obviously right. uh to, He's to play insane. Batman. So, uh yeah, that that was just like Thank God for HGH. And I have not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100. He was on roids. Hey, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> I have not seen the whale. I I, I don't I don't re, I don't have an opinion of it. Like I'm a heavy set dude. I've always struggled with my weight. Obviously not to the degree of the character in the whale. Yeah. Uh, but I would, um
1: I thought that that movie, it was the most emotionally charged movie I've ever seen in my life. Like no shit. I think that I was in tears for like the last half of it.
0: Damn! Oh wow, wow, that heavy. It was no pun intended. That was a bad. I, I did. That was not on purpose. Ah, you saying, said heavy. Oh I, my god! No, yeah, no, not right. the puns. The puns are there. <laughs> that, no, no. I, but that was. I swear to God, that was not intentional. That's. Hilarious. I'm not try, I'm not trying to get canceled.
1: I think it's one of the most painful watches that you're going to get in a long time, and I think that Aronofsky does not pull any punches from the first moment. Sure. Right. Yeah, and like yeah. that being said, I, I'm really hit or miss with him. Mm-hmm. um as mm-hmm. a filmmaker i really don't like requiem for a dream i think it's way too heavy-handed we must have
2: talked yeah, about this yeah. before because that's insane to me. i
0: don't think that movie ages as well i think it was of its time yeah. i think it was very like uh it was striking particularly for my generation that like was like kind of coming of age when it came out but i think looking back at it it's like I just can't Okay. Tell it. I just like, yeah, for me, it's... I
1: got I got drug addicts in the family. I haven't seen it for yeah, a long time. Yeah. Like I had a lot of experience with drug addicts in my household and like dealing yeah. with like the insanities of addiction, you know? And it felt very over the top to me, just like to the point where it was disrespectful to addiction.
0: Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, I can see that. Uh, we, we are, our attitudes societally have evolved a lot towards how we think about addiction and particularly with uh, the um, what's the, what's the family that developed Oxycontin. Um, I know you're talking about, you know, uh, I blocked uh, their name out of my head. Oh my God. What is the name of that (laughs) company? It's, it's similar to the chicken company. It is not Tyson.
3: (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Chicken. It is. Oh, this is going to bug me. Hold on one second. The Sacklers. Is that who you're thinking of? It's Sacklers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sacklers. But their company is the Purdue, Purdue Pharma. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, Purdue uh, Pharma. I, I always think of them as the chicken company. No, I get like, it. Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, anyway, Purdue Pharma and like seeing just how, how predatory all of that was. Yeah. And I like for me, at least, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but like my, evolution and thought about it. I grew up with alcoholism in my household. That was my main uh, thing uh, growing up with a Vietnam vet dad. Uh, like, like that lots of PS PTSD in the house yeah. um, and secondhand for me as well. Uh, so that, that like you grow up with it. You You know, for me at least like I empathize with it and then I'm angry at it. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, Kind of have like a cavalier like fuck you for not getting your shit together and then as i get older i'm like oh this is so much like this is a completely different thing that i didn't understand before like i just had a very infantile view on things you know um so yeah it's it's definitely like i said that movie was of its time i think it was a societal kind of reaction to that to a drug addiction and and Hopefully, the collective thought has has moved a little bit on it because more people have been personally affected by yeah. serious addiction. I still think
1: that people love it uh, still. I mean, I talked to that was the I got to talk to Adnan Verk for ah um, oh, no shit yeah five minutes when he was walking around doing his little interviews and stuff like that. And that was the oh, one yeah, thing awesome. I was like, I was like Aronofsky, I hate Requiem for a Dream. Can you convince me otherwise? I was like, what What is it that you see in it? Is essentially what I asked him, and he right. and he pitched it to me, and you know just appreciated it. Ultimately I I was like, all right, agree to disagree, you know, but, uh, but uh, we talked about how he's really hit or miss. Um, He talked about how he he thought mother was horrible.
2: Oh, mother's so bad. Yeah.
1: And I mean, black Swan was fantastic, but I think the whale black Swan was great. So I I think the wrestler
2: is one of the best movies. That's one of those of of the past. I gotta see that. I
1: need to go see it again. 15 years. Oh, you've never seen it I've never seen it.
2: And I've been meaning to watch it for like 15 years or whatever, you know, how long it's been.
0: Rob, let's watch it the same day. Okay. Watch it the same day and talk about it. Okay. He did the thing with Mickey Rourke that Tarantino was so famous for, which was taking these washed up actors and reclaiming their careers, Mm. you know? Uh, I think the wrestler is incredible. Black Swan, I really like. Yeah, it was good. Mother, once you understand it, like there should have been a card at the beginning that says, Do you know the books of the Bible? If you do, watch this movie. If you don't, bail get like mayday mayday pull up pull up like get out of this movie because watching it with the understanding of this is telling the story of the bible yeah. mm. f- completely fascinated by it mm. completely fascinated by it like it's not supposed to be a cohesive story it, it it stays true to the elements of the bible and once it recontextualizes like like i don't know if you you guys grew up going to church but like i know all of these stories right Yeah, And you just kind of take them for what they are and you don't think too deeply about them. But then once you see them put in a different context Mm -hmm. and delivered in a different way, it really makes you go... Oh, none of this shit makes sense. This is wild. (laughs) That's an interesting way to look at it. All right. Blowing my, this is so fucking weird, man. Like people believe all of this shit. And like, it's just, it's, it's just a a completely different way of, of thinking about it. That's a
2: really interesting way to look at it. Did you grow up
0: pretty religious? Not, I, I would not say that I was religious, but I grew up going to church a lot. Okay. Um, I grew up uh, with a grandfather who was a pastor at a church. Um, so it was kind of in my family and my mom would like take us to church regularly. I would go to Wednesday night youth group, things like that. Mm. I never fully bought into it. So like, I never, again, that's why I would say I was not particularly religious, Yeah. but I did a lot of the religious stuff. Um, you know, I was in uh Royal ambassadors, which is like the, Cub Scout. Oh, I've never even heard. Thing of in middle school for for church, you had these little blue and yellow vests and own oh badges and shit like okay. that. Church Scouts. So like it, it was just I was you know <laughs> I went to Southern Baptist Church. I I played you know church basketball and shit yeah. and had a coach that would show up with like whiskey on his breath and <laughs> oh, I'm like who I like I would be thinking to myself I know what I know what you've been up to because I know what my dad smells oh, like when he is drunk shit. as shit. Yeah. You know like like I was I think I might have been the only kid that knew what I was smelling but mm-hmm. uh uh yeah i i grew up with a lot of church okay and so there there's like that that's kind of why i'm digging this midnight mass show
2: yeah i could see that for sure yeah. is
0: because the angle that they're taking and i don't want to i don't want to spoil anything for anybody the creature i'll put it at that or the 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 bad the monster in the yeah in the, the big baddie exactly the angle that they're taking on this uh the way that they refer to it and the connection that they're making to Bible verses mm-hmm. and descriptions mm-hmm. of things in the Bible—they're almost taking a "this cryptid is a creature from a, the Bible" yeah. approach. Yeah. I love cryptozoology; it's Me my too. favorite. It's like I love cryptids. Dude, I used to I get love- down
2: on that shit. <laughs>
0: I love that shit. It's my favorite thing in the world to, uh, to read about and to read about once thought of extinct animals, uh, thought to be extinct animals, uh, you know, being seen in the wild again. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that with the uh, ivory-billed woodpecker. around here the pile i can't remember if it's either that or the pileated woodpecker not that it's a cryptid but basically it was thought to be extinct (laughs) for a long time and then they got rediscovered in swamps uh, i think in like northern georgia or south carolina or something so it's just like that that shit it it just like it lights something up in my brain that i can't exactly describe but i well it throws
2: down the slightest bit of rope of hope that
0: uh, yeah yeah
2: that you know there might be some dinosaur out there or something or some exactly there's mystery yeah exactly
0: it's it's the mystery it's like it's like that's why i love the ocean you know i've got a a big kraken tattooed on my leg I, i grew up at the beach i grew up going fishing out in the ocean i i did marine technology in in college after school uh uh when Uh, I went to trade school and uh, we would do training cruises and we would be 90 miles off the coast. And like that, like you've never experienced darkness before. I, I really, I I really can't imagine there is a place in the U S and I'm speaking very broadly here. I'm sure there is, but when you are a hundred miles off the coast Mm. or further, that is a blackness. That is a darkness that you have never known before. Yeah. It is, it is absolutely wild and it is awe inspiring and it makes you feel like you are on a different planet and that just below the ocean surface right. is something you cannot comprehend. And so that, Element of mystery to the world Putting a little bit of mystery back Into things of like We feel like the earth is so well explored There's documentaries About you know tree Frogs that only exist on this One mountainside in the middle of the Congo (laughs) and stuff and it's like okay Well we've explored all there is To explore nothing could possibly Be hiding and then somebody Posts a picture of a Giant squid or something that Surfaces for the first time or Uh, you know a new primate is discovered and it's like how are there still monkeys we haven't found (laughs) how the fuck is that possible i know know? yeah it's it's the coolest feeling in the world it makes it feel like there is something still to be found out there and i love that you know it's like i was born too late to uh uh to discover a new landmass and born too early to discover a new planet so
2: as
0: if as long as there's like a little bit of mystery still left, which is why I think cryptids is so cool. It like, it keeps that thing going. You
2: might've been born too early to explore space and too late to explore new continents, but you are born at the exact right time to post funny content on the internet.
0: (laughs) Yes, I was. Don't forget. Yes, I was. I am right. I am in my bag. (laughs) I was, you you know what? I, I think sometimes I'm like, you know, of the the f- 4 billion years this universe has been around and for some reason some blessed blessed reason i got to exist at the same time as guy fieri and i'm <laughs> dude, thankful for that dude, you know yeah. like i'm thankful for that i every every time i start to doubt the existence <laughs> of god i remember that and i'm like thank you thank you uh, lord uh, for, for making that happen, I I was writing
1: a song today, and all I can say is there are <laughs> lines the about Guy Fietti.
0: Ooh. ooh, oh, you, you yeah. said it the That's right awesome. way, too. Look at that, you did. Fieri. You you got you Fieri. got a highfalutin' on me. Uh, we're, we're lowfalutin' <laughs> over here, bro. we're, we're
2: trying, <laughs> oh, we, we
0: try out a little
2: highfalutin' sometimes, though. Yeah. No, no, we just got a falute, you know what I mean? Oh, just, we just gotta, okay. We're usually <laughs> lowfalutin', and then sometimes occasionally we'll just falute a little bit.
1: I may or may not be known to falute a man,
2: but you know, <laughs> hey. I'll play that. There is something
0: you can't understand. How I could falood. How I could just
2: (laughs) falood, man. Oh, no. Oh, man. I'll say, like, I used to think Guy Fieri was just a straight up joke. Okay. And then, most bizarre thing i could say is i was in hawaii and we were watching guy fieri marathon i don't know why like thinking about it
0: motherfucker hold on i know Hold on. it doesn't make sense you're in hawaii what what <laughs> what are you doing i know dude i know saying watching that watching diners <laughs> yes, dive-ins yes. or drive-ins and yeah, yeah. in hawaii
2: and in hawaii yeah we're like for the beach <sighs> At the beach. It's the, it's the beach. But Discovery where Channel. Guys,
0: where are you guys
2: at? Where are you guys located? <laughs> I, uh, I'm in Washington. We're both in the okay. Northwest. You're both in Washington? Okay, I'm, in, right. I'm in Portland. I, I thought He's you were Pacific Portland. Northwest. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, gotcha, uh, gotcha, gotcha. and regardless of the circumstance, watch Guy Fury. I was like, damn, that dude's got a lot of fucking charisma, man. Fuck. <laughs> I kind of like watching the show a little bit. Fuck, man. Jesus. And everything it's, that he puts his name on, as far as like, all the local little bars and and restaurants and shit, fire. Yeah, yeah, fire. Every diner
0: that has a Guy Fieri uh, portrait in it, I'm like, man, this is fucking great. There, there's a, there's a, I'm basic, a common misunderstanding with basically guys like Guy Fieri that he endorses things that are delicious. Yeah, the guy knows what good food is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's this miss conception that because he's not trying to be uh like a you know he's not doing a high art thing yeah, he's not he's gordon doing
2: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah
0: well I, I actually i i think gordon Ramsay like some of his favorite stuff he'll talk about like street food that's true, that's in, true. in other words like like he has he has it's it's kind of like salvador dali and picasso So They both thought that you should paint with the mind of a child, Mm. but Dali thought that you should paint with the mind of a child and the hand of a master. Mm. Picasso thought you should paint with the mind of a child and the hand of a child. So you should execute it in the same way, right? And I'm o- oversimplifying the Surrealist movement, so please don't come at me in, in, in the mentions and shit like that. If you <laughs> if you listen to this, um, I'm oversimplifying, but it's kind of like Guy Fieri and Gordon Ramsay. There, like they both know what good, simple, delicious food actually is, but Guy just expresses it by being that kid, and Gordon yeah. Ramsay is like going to basically make the same dish can make the same dish but execute it with the hand of a master you know yeah,
2: and with a lot more manic energy
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes yeah exactly, Gordon
2: exactly. Has, he has the most manic ang- yes. anxious behavior oh, dude, i could
1: not work for that guy like after all my experience in kitchens i can't watch anything with him where like i know that he always will break down and like be nice to the person but it's just like dude I'd, punch, I'd be punching this guy. in the-
0: His his method is to break them down and then build them back up. Which, I'm already broken. Uh, is you not- can't break me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're dealing with career uh, back-of-house staff. You know, yeah, you know, man, th- th- for there's real. There's already something internally broken in them already. That, yeah, so my,
1: my parents yeah. did that a long time ago, but I do not
0: need you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Gentlemen, I got to wrap it up. Yes, sir. Uh, Understandable. I'm sorry to jump off of here. No, I think um, you went
2: over the time that you actually said that you would so yeah. we really appreciate your time man
0: i do please have me back on yeah we can sure. talk about i've got other topics i think uh well, we had four uh, other questions that we were gonna ask you, i but, know yeah, and yeah. the topics
2: yeah. that you have brought up which please
0: yeah. please touched, yeah, yeah on, like but, like and, and and ask me like we can we can i'll join you guys again and, uh, and we can skip all the intro and getting to know me bullshit and, totally, and just man. go right into the meat of the conversation. Talk about like the movies my dad worked on, Yeah, that'd um, be sick. you know, uh, like I've got, I've got some ideas. I think I, I threw them at, at you, uh, in the, uh, in the DM about just like movies replacing our collective conscious mm-hmm. and, and I imagination and shit.
2: And AI as art, like yes. that
0: conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, yeah. the movies,
1: uh, stemming into, or, you know, replacing our collective consciousness. Uh, I thought about that when I was doing the Mandela effect, um, episode, because that is actually one of the explanation, like after talking about it for a while and just bouncing back and forth with my buddy, Brandon, and, um, we, we came up with three different reasons for the Mandela effect, but one of them was essentially, it just like, it, it replaces the memory of life in right. the collective consciousness. So it's sure. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, I'd love to talk more about that. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and coming on. I, I mixed on and coming out, out. out. So I was like, ow. Thanks for um, coming on." Coming now. Thanks. Come,
0: yeah. Like uh, thanks for draw coming draw and hanging it. out, dude. I, I, it is my pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me. I, I, uh, I love, I love talking about these things from this angle. I'm terrible at discussing a lot of pop culture because like I said, I haven't. I don't really consume a ton of it, you know. Yeah. Like, there's so many. I have so many movie and TV show blind spots, but but I know enough about the theses and the premises behind. Yeah, because you went on IMDb shows.
2: and got all the exactly trivia. <laughs>
0: because because like as a bored kid yeah. on the you know like early 2000s internet it was like you know i was like getting into the you know you know my got the godfather poster hanging up or the fight club poster hanging up and so i'm just like (laughs) going through like the top 50 movies of all time just reading every bit of trivia about the you know behind the scenes shit and symbolism and easter eggs hiding and stuff so i love discussing all of this shit absolutely love it
2: oh yeah
1: fantastic we'll get you back on soon please do please do yeah Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Have a great night, yeah. man.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Y'all go check out Jort Center. We talk a little bit about this type of stuff. Uh, it's, it's a smorgasbord. It's a pro was well, What's the category on a uh, jeopardy potpourri. potpourri? Oh yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit of absolutely everything. I think similar vibes to what you guys are doing here. Yeah, You guys have a very um, similar, so. similar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Thanks again for having me on. Yeah, of course, of course
1: man.
3: All
0: right. Thank we'll you. see you soon. All righty.